Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? Jeremy, I am fantastic. I, I'm so excited about today's podcast. You've got some great information to share from a report that you read. Yep, you got it. I think everyone understands by now that I do like to read, do like to learn, and especially like to read and learn about things related to retirement. Makes sense. We're retirement planners. We better be uh, keeping up to speed with what's going on. And interesting thing happened to us a few months back is that we got quoted in Kiplinger's. They've got a retirement report, and they had sent out uh, asking for some feedback, and we gave it to them. We got quoted in Kiplinger's, which is a lot of fun. Nice. A couple people even reached out to us based on that, so that was really neat wow. uh, to meet some new people based on that. But been through that, I thought, they do some good things. Let's uh, subscribe. So now we're subscribers to Kiplinger's. And they have a retirement planning report they send out every year. I got the one that they sent out just a few weeks ago. And so many great things in there. But specifically, they have a roadmap to retirement. And they break out 10 different things to go through to get ready for retirement. I thought, let's just share this with everybody and give them my take on it and go from there. All right. Sounds good. Where do we start? Yeah. Well, uh, number one, and I am so happy that they started with this as number one is figure out how much you spend right now. That's our first step in the five-step retirement income plan mm -hmm. is to figure out how much you spend right now. Now, they go through and they talk about budgets and health insurance and things uh, like that. But we just think, as a quick tip, the easiest way to figure out how much you're spending right now is to take a look at your pay stub. We figure if you're getting $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, whatever it is, showing up in your checking account every two weeks, chances are you're spending it. That's kind of how humans work. Whatever mm -hmm. shows up into your checking account usually gets spent. So a lot of people think it's this huge drawn out process of I got to have a budget. I've got to create a budget. I've got to go through my bank statements for a long time. Well, I tell you, if your bank a year ago had a couple thousand dollars in it and your bank today has a couple thousand dollars in it, guess what you spent? Everything that showed up, <laughs> Yeah. you know, everything that came in went out. So that's the first place to start. Just take a look at your pay stub to see what is it your, for your take-home pay. That's probably where you want to start to figure out how much you're spending. What's so awesome, too, about your pay stub is probably going to tell you how much you spend on health insurance and how much your company spent on mm -hmm. health insurance. And it's also going to tell you what you're putting towards your state and federal taxes. These are all things that are usually mysteries to people of how much health insurance might cost how much your taxes might be for state and federal. And there you go. It's sitting there on your pay stub. Your pay stub is more important than you think. And if you're trying to figure out how much you spend right now, that's the first place you look. And you probably don't even have to look too much farther than that. Yeah. No, great point. Yeah, absolutely. And love it again. I think we're so far just great in alignment with uh, Kiplinger's is their number two thing is back out any expenses that will decline or disappear. And hmm. that's right on. If you're getting... 4000 a month as your take-home pay, and you're putting $1,000 towards your mortgage, and your mortgage is going to end when you hit retirement, you don't have to plan for 4000 a month. You only have to plan for 3000 a month because mm. 3000 a month is what you're actually spending on yourself. 
that's a big expense that's going to disappear as soon as your mortgage is gone. Or even if you don't have it planned out perfectly, I know a lot of people that are doing that. They're planning on, they're paying extra, they're getting to where their mortgage will be paid off the day that they retire or relatively close. Even if you don't, well, you can put a couple of different cash flow line items in your retirement plan. You might say, well, we need five grand a month for the rest of our lives just to spend. Uh, and you want to include inflation. We'll talk about that later on. But your mortgage might be done in three or four years. You don't need to plan for that $1,000 a month or $1,500 a month or whatever it is mm-hmm. for your entire life. Just plan for it in your cash flows when you're working with your retirement planner for the one year or three years or five years or 10 years, whatever it is, however long that mortgage uh, works. What's kind of interesting about a mortgage is it lasts until it's done and then it's gone. That's kind of a nice, easy thing to plan for in retirement. Your own spending lasts as long as you are and we have no long, no idea how long that's going to be and it's going to grow with inflation. So uh, a mortgage is not the worst thing in the world going into retirement. But you got to back that out and and make sure that you're accounting for these things that are maybe going to go away once you hit retirement. Yeah, that's, again, a great point. And I love that. Yeah, for sure. And then number three is uh, kind of the flip side of it is figure out the cost of your retirement lifestyle. Because whatever you're looking at today, that's what you're spending today. A lot of people do expect that their uh, spending will go down once they hit retirement. And they find out they're completely wrong. Uh, A quote in the article is that people always spend more on travel and entertainment than they thought. Yeah. Which makes sense. When do you go uh, out to the movies, out to the theater? When do you go on vacation? When you have your vacation time or Mm -hmm. a weekend? Well, now every day is a vacation or a weekend. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to travel more. You're probably going to go and spend more entertainment, a lot more the days you hit retirement than the days before you're in retirement. And another thing that a lot of people have described with retirement is you got the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who came up with that way back in time, but that's a, a great description that especially the first few years in retirement, you are likely going to have a lot more energy than the last few years of retirement. You are going to go out and take care of all those things you wanted to do the once you hit retirement. You will spend more. You will do more things the first few years of retirement, and that's okay. Just plan for it. Figure that out and, and get ready for it with a plan. I, I wonder if have you run into clients that, again, their, their mortgage is ending like right when they're going to be starting retirement, and do you encourage them, look, take that mortgage money and just count on that being your travel and, and fun money during these go-go years because you'll be surprised by how much you spend? I mean, is that a good correlation there to just transfer that over to a, a travel and fun account instead? Yeah, that, that could be, you can look at it so many different ways. That could be the way that you're looking at. Some people are putting in extra towards their mortgage, realizing that they're kind of making a sacrifice right now mm-hmm. to pay off their mortgage early so that they do have more money later on. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, that's why two and three go together. When you're yeah. bagging out that expense to say, well, we're not going to spend 2000 a month towards a mortgage. Well, maybe you will spend 2000 a month towards whatever your travel and entertainment situation might be. But though with the travel and entertainment, chances are pretty good. You're not going to be going on around the world cruises when you're 90. Mm-hmm, like that's, mm-hmm. Some people do that. Or when you're 62 and you retire, you might have a really big celebration type of, of uh, vacation, but you might not do that every single year. And so if you think through what is it we're likely to spend, you can plan that out. You can account for it. 
And that'll hopefully actually make you feel more comfortable to say, yeah, you can afford to spend that 10 or 20 grand on that big item, that big trip mm-hmm. the first year, because it's not going to be every single year for the rest of time. Yeah. Or maybe it will be that way for five years or 10 years, but it's not likely to be that way for your entire uh, retirement. You might mm-hmm. go from three big trips a year down to two, down to one. Just plan that out. Because one thing that we find, the only thing worse than having, uh, that only thing worse than running out of money in retirement is realizing you didn't spend enough in retirement. And a lot of people are uh, scared that they might run out of money later on in life and they don't get the chance to spend the money and do the things that they want to do early in retirement because they're worried about the end of retirement. Yeah. And that's a-okay to worry about that. But just put it down on paper, have a plan for it, and if you understand how it fits in the plan of, okay, 10 grand this year, 20 grand this year, that's extra, knowing that it won't happen again five years or 20 years from now, whenever that time frame is for you, then you can see how the plan works and that it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so what's number four? Number four, get a handle on healthcare expenses. And now this is an interesting one because a lot of people are very worried about healthcare and how much it's going to cost in retirement. And I just personally don't think it's as big of a deal as people make it out to be. I've read, actually been a part of a few webinars and seminars recently where the studies have shown that people aren't spending as much on retirement healthcare costs as they planned for, as they thought. Mm. You you get kind of scared. It's easy to make this headline that you'll spend 250 grand on your healthcare over your entire lifetime. Well, if they're talking about a couple and you live for 30 years, that's only like four grand a year for health costs. That's actually not terribly too bad in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And the biggest reason why is that there's Medicare. Now we can set the political stuff aside, but you turn 65, it will be your favorite holiday, favorite birthday of all time because you get into Medicare. You don't have to worry so much about if you have health insurance and what it covers as much anymore. Medicare pays for so much of your healthcare costs that there's just not too much to worry there other than this cost of long-term care. Yeah. The idea that later on in life, maybe you just don't have that capability as much to take care of yourself. And now you need to pay others to help take care of you. And this is not going to the doctor. This is what they call custodial care. Somebody's helping taking care of you. And that's so many different varieties of ways, but whatever it comes in, it's a pretty big cost. And so a lot of times when they have these big studies that say, oh, you'll pay a quarter million dollars, towards your healthcare costs through retirement, a large chunk of that is the long-term care. And there's ways that you can plan for that. The The problem with healthcare expenses and planning for it is there is no such thing as average. I mean, there is, yeah. like there has to be. But if they have two people and one person did not need long-term care and the other person did, the first person that didn't need the long-term care, they say, oh my goodness, I had hardly any health expenses in retirement. And the other person says, oh my goodness, it near bankrupt me. You can't really plan on the averages when it comes to healthcare. There's just like two divergent paths. One path goes where Medicare kind of takes care of everything and you don't have to worry about too much. The other path goes to where you have long-term care expenses and things get really expensive really quickly for it. And so we just think when it comes to healthcare, it's not as big of a deal as you think of it. And averages are not going to help you out in any way. Cause it's a, it's not an average problem. It's a probability problem because mm. maybe half the time you don't have to worry about it and half the time you do. And if it's a probability problem, 
for what your long-term care costs might be, you got to plan for it somehow. And part of that planning, which is what we like to do as step five in a retirement income process, is perhaps you set aside some extra money for that cost. Perhaps you plan for some home equity costs coming in to help pay for fair things, maybe a reverse mortgage, or maybe you go out and get the insurance. And whether you like the idea of insurance, whether you like the idea of long-term care insurance or not, when the problem is not an average, like I'm spending 80 grand a year just because I'm spending it, okay, that's a that's an average problem. Like that's just some math and you plan for it and you save for it. The problem is probability. You don't know if you'll need it. You don't know if you won't need it. Insurance is pretty much the only product in the world that comes in and helps you out exactly when you need it, right? And so that's maybe something you ought to consider on there is when it comes to the healthcare expenses, if that's the big worry, if it's a probability issue, then maybe uh, use what's set up there. That's how the world is set up, that you have insurances that come in and help people out. If you are in that probability that shows that, yep, you do are in the area, you're the person that needs the long-term care and those expensive costs. Mm -hmm. So that takes us to number five. Yep, number five. Don't forget about taxes. Again, love all the stuff that Kiplinger's put out there. They say don't forget about taxes because a lot of times when you do put together a budget, you figure out like, oh, I'll spend 4000 a month, 5000 a month. Well, what are your taxes going to be? It's easy to figure out your taxes when you're working. They just take it out for you. You mm -hmm. don't have to think about it so much. Maybe you have to think about it one time a year. So they suggest get an estimate from a pro. I say forget the estimate. Who cares if the average is going to be 17% you have to pay for taxes or 20% you have to pay for taxes? What happens when you get this estimate or you just throw a percentage at it is you just kind of let go of the control that you have over your taxes. We want everyone to remember you can control your taxes so much more in retirement and your taxes will change in retirement. Your taxes will change before and after social security, before and after required minimum distributions, before and after somebody gets widowed and you can control so much of it. And so yes, don't forget about taxes, but if all you do is get an estimate, the professional comes in and says, Oh, based on 80 grand a year of taxes or taxable income, here's your percentage and just plan on that percentage. You're kind of just giving up the thought that you can control your taxes and oh my goodness, can you control your taxes? Hmm. When you plan things out today to make sure that your lifetime of taxes is as low as possible, we have seen 10%, 20%, 40% changes where your taxes wow. can be lower because you were proactive with what you can do. And there's so many things we've talked about that before. We'll link to some of those tax planning episodes, but absolutely don't forget about taxes beyond that. A percentage is not going to be your solution. Proactive tax planning will be your solution for how do you get that tax situation much better for you in retirement. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listeners, we will be giving contact information at the end of this podcast because I'm sure a few of you are just like, wait a second, I want to talk about that. So reach out to Yeah, uh, who doesn't want to uh, save on taxes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, what's well, number next? six, halfway through, right? Number six is adjust for inflation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely important. But again, I still don't think it's actually as big of a deal as people worry about it because people naturally spend less with age. They spend less going into um, retirement. The longer you get into retirement, just naturally people spend less and people are naturally adjusting, right? You think of right now you're getting paid a certain dollar amount. You get a raise next year. You realize, 
I still don't have any more money than I did the prior year. It's because you just adjusted to having more money. And on the same thing, if somehow you had to get furloughed or you, your pay got cut, if it's not a huge percentage, if it's a five or 10% adjustment, you don't lose your house. You just adjust it for it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when inflation shows up. People naturally adjust to the inflation that to things are costing more people naturally spend less with age. So it's not as big of a worry as I think you have to, it's a lot of people make it out to be, but still it's, it is a big deal. You need a plan for it. And we're going to say right here too, if you're worried about inflation saying, oh my goodness, the longer I live, the more things cost. We wrote an article that said social security is the best inflation hedge you can ever buy. Mm. And it's right on that your social security grows every year with inflation and it will last as long as you live. So if you're worried about running out of money, social security will last as long as you do. If you're worried about inflation going up, social security will go up with inflation and anything you can do ahead of time to boost your social security is the number one way you can combat that worry, that concern you might have about inflation. So I guess on our end, not as big of a deal as some people make it out to be, but if you are worried about it and I can't blame you, oh my goodness, social security is going to be your number one way to combat that. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Step seven, don't forget an emergency fund. Oh, yeah. We are right now with that. That's incredibly important. I don't think they went far enough though in this article with Kiplinger's. They said, well, set aside a couple hundred bucks every month. Set aside three what? grand a year in case something happens. Well, hmm. three grand for a lot of retirees isn't really an emergency. Because yeah. then you can just call up your 401k, you can call up your IRA and take three grand out of it. A lot of the people we're talking to have extra money in their 401k, their IRAs, where if all of a sudden something like that happened, what we think is more of a concern is what happens if the stock market drops? It's not that your refrigerator goes, it's what if the stock market drops? And when you look at the stock market dropping, it can drop and stay that way for years. So mm -hmm. you might've been planning on the market going up. You might've been planning on that growth. A lot of people say, what do you use for a growth rate in retirement? Well, it doesn't matter what you planned for when it's a negative growth, when the market's lost, there goes your Excel spreadsheet out yeah. the window. Yeah. And so my thought is if you are going into retirement, you've heard the advice that maybe you ought to have three to six months of your salary set aside in emergency fund. We think it's maybe more like years, take away the months side of things and throw the years into it. Oh, really? And whether you, yeah. And whether you think you're more conservative and want to have six years set aside of money coming out of your accounts that you have that out of the market, or maybe you have like three years set aside or maybe less, whatever that number is for you. We just believe in retirement years is the answer, not necessarily months. So is, Another is that thing, strategy? Yes, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was just curious. Is that strategy because if the market does go down, you don't want to touch it. You, you want it to be able to ride it back up. Hopefully what goes down does come back up. Mm -hmm. And so you want to have that cash on hand to be able to have your living expenses come out of that instead of dipping into anything that could have more potential growth. That's exactly it. Okay. That's you what I was you hate to yeah. sell when the market's at a low point. The market can be low for quite some time. So it's worthwhile. If you're more conservative, you have more money set aside out of the market. If you're less conservative, you have less money set aside out of the market. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about your withdrawals from your account. Yeah. If you need 80,000 a year for retirement and your social security and pension is 50,000 a year, you don't need 80,000 
times six mm. years set aside out of the market, you're only taking out 30 grand that from the market sense. every single year. And you might need 30,000 times one or two or three years if you're more aggressive or five or six or seven years if you're more conservative. It's how much are you expecting to take out of the stock market? That's the amount. So think in years instead of months when you're talking about your emergency fund and think of the amount you're actually withdrawing from your accounts, not the amount you're spending every single month. So right on, don't forget your emergency fund. It's just uh, changing kind of a little different uh, words and, and mm -hmm. tactics that you go with things uh, when you hit retirement. All right. Yep. Number eight, expect changes in expenses as you age, which is absolutely right on. Uh, a lot of times people think of this more like, oh, things will cost more with inflation. Mm -hmm. We already covered that, and that's right on. Go ahead, put some inflation adjustments, put some inflation uh, planning into your retirement. But understand real quickly that people usually spend more up front, like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. People usually spend a little bit less in kind of the middle part of your retirement. And then on average, people usually spend more later on for the healthcare costs. But it's not, again, like we said earlier, it's not, oh, everyone spends two or three or 5% more because of healthcare. It's half the people keep spending less because they just get older and do less things. And the other half the people spend way more because all of a sudden they've got the long-term care mm -hmm. uh, costs on there. And so when you look at it, economists would say this is a probability problem, not an average problem. And so insurance is the best way to go with that. Look into long-term care insurance, understand how it might work, plan it out, make a decision on if this is going to be the right thing for you because there's other things you could do as well. So yes, expect changes in expenses as you age, but know that a lot of it is the extra part up front and later on with the healthcare costs. It's not the averages of everything goes up by three or 4%. It's half the time you need a lot more, half the time you don't need much uh, at all. And so figure out what your plan is going to be especially if you're in that part of uh, the world, part of just the way things happen in your retirement, that you have this extra cost with the long-term care. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Two more. Number nine is create a backup plan. And what they're talking about hmm. is a great idea. It's called uh, floor income. Seems interesting, right? Yeah. They're just saying, what's the absolute lowest your retirement income could ever be? And they suggest something called an immediate annuity as a way to help. Now, you might have heard the word annuity and been scared off by that word. Immediate annuity literally means you, you give over a little bit of money to an insurance company. They give you a little bit of money back every single month or year for the rest of your life. There's, It's not like some of these other annuities, variable annuities, especially that we've talked about in some other episodes. It's just a way to basically buy a pension. People usually love pensions. Hmm. People usually love Social Security because they know that no matter what happens in the stock market, it's creating this floor of income. This is their backup plan Kiplinger's is talking about. And so when we look at it and say, well, uh, pension's a great idea. Social Security's a great idea. This immediate annuity is a way to make sure no matter what happens, you can't go below a certain dollar amount of income. Great idea. But a few things we want people to keep in mind is make sure you're not thinking about just yourself. Think about your spouse, your, your widow or widower. Mm -hmm. that it's not about how much money you personally might get today. If everything's going haywire, one of the biggest haywire things that happens in retirement is one spouse passes away and all of a sudden income is dropping. So you need to 
take a look at what is that minimum amount of income you'll have when there's two of you and what's that minimum amount of income you'll have when there's either one of you. We call that the survivor gap. We want to make sure that both of the spouses, if there's two of you, are, are knowing what that is and that you got a plan for it. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Gotcha. Another thing All to right. keep in mind is if you are concerned about what's my minimum amount of income, and, and that's not a bad idea. A lot of times the, the typical advice is figure out what's the absolute lowest. Like if you got to keep your house, you got to buy your food, and it's going to cost you three grand a month, figure out how you have three grand a month, a guaranteed income. That's not a bad idea, mm-hmm. right? That, that probably takes away a lot of anxiety and concern knowing that no matter what happens in the stock market, no matter what happens with interest rates, I've got my basic needs covered. That's going to make a lot of people feel good. If that's where you're going for, before you go out and buy an annuity, before you go out and buy an immediate annuity, whatever it is, understand that usually your pension and your Social Security is the best annuity you can buy. Mm. You are very likely able to wait on your pension by one or two or more years and get more on your pension. You just increase that floor income. You are definitely able to wait on Social Security, not taking it at 62, not even taking it at your full retirement age. You could possibly even wait to age 70. If your big concern is making sure you never, ever run out of money and you've got a floor of income where you know it can't go below a certain dollar amount, the cheapest, easiest, best way to get that is probably waiting on your pension and probably waiting on your Social Security before you go out and buy that immediate annuity. All right. What's number 10? Number 10, the final one. Once you have retired, review your expenses once per year. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting with Kiplingers is they say review last year's expenses. I think that's great. It gets you a good idea of what you have in spending. I think what a better idea is, on top of that, do the review of last year. Review next year, too. You've got mm-hmm. an idea that, oh, my goodness, next year we have an air conditioner we've got to buy. We have an anniversary coming up. Let's mm-hmm. plan for a little bit of a bigger celebration. It's not just about, okay, we had this plan for 80000 and we came in at 79000 and hooray, we hit our budget. It's, well, what does next year look like? Do you want to give yourself a raise? All right? If you have inflation at 1% or 2 or 3% and you started the year at 80000 for what you spent last year, maybe you just ought to spend or plan for 82000 next year, just off the bat. Then you won't feel guilty about spending 82000 next year. Mm-hmm. If things are going to cost more and it's in your plan, just plan for it. It'll feel a lot better when you have an extra 100 bucks a month coming out of your accounts into your checking every single month. You'll feel a lot better when that happens compared to six months in the year. You call your financial advisors, say, sheepishly, like, I spent more than I thought. I need a thousand bucks out. Your just level of enjoyment of that money will go a lot better if you plan for it. And you did plan for it. Almost every retirement plan, any good retirement plan is planning for inflation. So maybe you just plan for giving yourself a little bit of a pay raise next year. Look out and see if you are planning on needing a new car in the next few years or air conditioner, roof, windows, big vacations, whatever it is. It's not just about what already happened. You know, that's a great idea to make sure you fit along with a plan you set aside previously. But planning for retirement is not about the past. It's about the future. And so planning for what might be happening next year and beyond is what we really encourage you to take that next step for. Nice. This is, that's a great list. I mean, obviously uh, Kiplinger is, is doing something right over there. 
<laughs> yeah, they know their stuff. And I yeah. absolutely love that they start out with the right things. They didn't talk. I don't even think in here. Let me look through this real quick. Yeah. They did not talk at all. One step of, oh, review your investments. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's important. But thank goodness they didn't because just about every prospective client that walks in the door, just about every person we talk to that has another financial advisor, it's as if 90% of their outcomes have to do with whether they bought a stock mm-hmm. or whether they bought a bond. And it's absolutely not correct. What matters to your retirement is all the decisions you get to control. And we love that on this step, uh, 10, 10 step list that Kimberly years came up with it, almost everything in there, like how much you're spending and what you do with your mortgage and what your retirement lifestyle costs is going to be and how much money you set aside out of the stock market for your emergency fund. Those are all things you get to control. You have so much control in retirement and we just want everyone to understand that, that you can take control in retirement and you can create better outcomes when you're focused on all these different decisions and you're not focused on the things you can't control like the stock market or who gets elected or not elected. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's our encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We promised the people some contact info for the, the, all the resources that you've got. Got it. Yeah. So our website is kylefp.com, Kyle, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. Top right corner, you'll see resources. Yeah, that'll have a whole lot of different things in there. Some papers you can download, some guidebooks we have, some videos, different articles where you've been quoted, things like that. Also on the top right, you'll see blog and podcast. So you can take a look at all the different things that we've written about pensions and social security and Mm -hmm. taxes, things like that. We've got it all categorized in there. So love to have you. Check out the website, kylefp.com. If you like us enough, go click contact. We'd love to hear from you too. Love to talk to people. Fantastic. Great podcast today, Jeremy. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. It's always fun to chat with you. It's uh, it's nice to uh, go back and forth and learn from each other and love that we're able to, to do that. Uh, so thank you, Eric. And thank you too to all of us listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.